Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup, oh, blocked by James! It's over, it's over! Cleveland is a city of champions once again! The Cavaliers are NBA champions! That sound means it's time for Cavs of the Break NBA podcast, part of the Press Play Podcast Network. I'm your host, Chase Smith, and with me, Cavs insider, national NBA writer, Sam Amico of AmicoHoops.net. Sam, what's up, my man? Oh, not much. How are you doing, Chase? Dude, Sam, this is episode 25 of Cavs on the Break. What do you say about that? That's uh, pretty impressive, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) With the uh, 25th episode, joining us uh, very quickly to talk about the draft and all things Cavs, Jeremy and Akron. Jeremy hosting co-hosting the Browns podcast. Thanks for joining us today, Jeremy. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. I'm pretty pumped about the draft last night, so I can't wait to get into it. Yep. Before we do, Sam, let's catch up a little bit on life. The past couple of months, you have written a book, kind of revamped your website, and taken on a new part-time job at the Midnight Gazette, right? Yeah, it was supposed to be part-time, but it's uh, merged into full-time. Um, yeah, and and uh, and and yeah, I finished the book finally, um, which you know, I I mentioned to my wife that this must be what it's like to give birth, but. She, oh no! She <laughs> um, but uh, it was quite a process. Uh, it'll be out in October when the Browns will be eight zero and the Cavs will be starting training camp. Well, the Browns will probably be four zero in October. But um, tell us about your book. What's the book? What's the title? What's it's a, it about? It's a it's a trivia book. Uh, I believe it's five hundred questions. You'll have to ask the publisher because we did six hundred. I'm not sure how many they actually kept. Um, there may be more than 500, but it's at least 500. And I wrote an introduction uh, to the entire book and an introduction to each chapter, as well as 500 trivia questions, <laughs> uh, which was not an easy task to come up with. Like I said, we, we turned them in. I turned them in, and then there was probably 20, 25 repeats. Um, and then, so, you know, so I had to go in and write some more and take out the, the ones that were duplicate questions and then uh, wrote a conclusion. And it's, it's going to be big. It's, I mean, it's thick. If you buy the hard copy, which I don't suspect many people do, most people, I hope, would, you know, will probably get it on Kindle or something. But if you buy the hard copy, uh, it, it's going to be thick. I'm gonna get the hard copy. I, I will get the hard copy as well. If nothing else, is it like a weight to carry around? <laughs> but um, yeah, it's going to be big. And, um, I was told just the other day it should be out uh, right right at the start of the NBA season at the end of October. All right. Well, when you're doing your book tour press, we'll make sure to give you uh, all the press you want here, Cavs on the Break or any other podcast. Um, Sam, give us an update on Amico Hoops. What's going on over there, man? Well, um, you know, really not much has changed except for the fact that the toddler in my life, uh, our third third youngest and of three boys and far and away the most active. Um, He's getting a little older, so it's making it easier for me to uh, update the website consistently because while I was writing a book and doing the website, I'm also uh, watching him during the day while my wife works. So uh, he's getting a little easier and it's making it easier to update the website uh, even more. So, you know, Lately, we've had a lot more posts on there. Yeah, I've had a lot of uh, opportunity to talk to people throughout the league um, more. So it's definitely, you know, there are times I feel like I just want to retire 
and just, you know, not do it anymore. But um, Miko hooped. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Miko hooped out, but um, <laughs> uh, I, I keep going and I'm, I'm yeah. glad I do. You know, it's, it, it really is my full-time job and main source of income. So um, I'm very fortunate that it's become that when in reality, I just kind of started it as a place to share my NBA thoughts. Yeah. Uh, it's turned into a full-time job. So that's both good. I mean, it's very rewarding and it's, you know, it's not like I have to carry anything heavy. Yeah. So it's, it's a fun <laughs> job. Um, but it can be, you know, anytime, sometimes you put in those 12, 14 hour days, like I did yesterday, mm -hmm. then get up today and think I still got to put in another 10 hour day today. Yeah. And then Saturday and Sunday, I mean, the website never sleeps. Right. Um, so like NBA season, right. It can be, it can be a challenge, mm -hmm. but at the same time, um, it beats real so, work. <laughs> one more question on your website before we jump to the Cavs. Uh, have you noticed, uh, what are some trends you noticed this season without LeBron on, on Cleveland to help kind of drive some of that stuff? Have you noticed a, a change or has it just been kind of consistent as well? Well, it, it, to be frank, the, the Cavs coverage, has not moved the needle nearly as much. So um, it's really become an NBA league-wide website with, a, with an emphasis still on the Cavs. Sure. Um, you know, I looked at our stories from yesterday on the draft and a story on the San Antonio Spurs blew everything else out of the water. Mm. Um, and second was, I believe, something on the Sixers. So, oh, that was the story of, about them shopping for picks looking for a stretch four veteran, right? Um, yeah, you know, I don't even know what the Sixers story was, what I did, and I could be wrong. It may have been about somebody else, no, but story, I will say, I will say this. It was, it was, um, it was, you know, the Cavs were third. The good news is our homepage is the most read page. It's the page that gets the most hits. So, um, that means people aren't just going there off of Twitter or off of social media links. They're going directly to the homepage, which is, which is what you're looking for. They call that organic traffic. So yeah. um, in that sense, it's been great. Our Cavs coverage still does well. Don't get me wrong. It just before it was all we needed. And now uh, we need other things. But it is, it has been, um, it's been going very well. And, 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 you know, expanding our coverage to the rest of the NBA – I know some Cavs fans don't get that, but we're yep. doing it to bring in fans of other teams, and and we've had success doing that. The only team that the only team that people refuse to read anything we post about is the Golden State Warriors. People will not read Warriors news. I don't care. Yeah, I, and it's probably because they're getting it from a thousand other places that they right. don't want. Yeah. But that may have something to do with our Cleveland audience. Cleveland-based audience is yeah. they don't want to hear about them. So. Um, well, That's one interesting development, but yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's uh, it's going it's going very well, and and we're very fortunate to have it, and we're not going to slow down on the Cavs coverage. We're going to yeah. keep it going as as is. And well, we do want to talk about the Cavs here. So Jeremy and Akron, co-host of the Oranges Oranges, with us here. Jeremy, the Cavs season kind of ended with a dud. Uh, what what was your take on the 2018-19 Cavs season as we transition talking about the Cavs and all these new moves, new coaches? Uh, into the draft. What, what, what's your take on that, Jay? 
Well, I think the most important thing for the season was developing Colin Sexton. Clearly that happened, you know, at the beginning of the year, the other players didn't like him. The fans thought he was a bust. I think the second half of the season, I think he shot around 40% from three. So I think his development made the season not a bust. It, it was a reason to play. It was get these young guys going, get, you know, the Larry Nance juniors, the guys that are going to be the core players going forward, get them gelling and playing together. I think that was the most you could ask for out of that season. And I think you saw some of that, even though we got a new coach, it doesn't stop that development of those guys. So I think there was definitely um, some positives in that season. No, Jamie, I think you're right. I don't think it was a waste, if anything, because of sex and development and because of the hire of, of, of Beeline. Sam, do you yeah. think Beeline was hired because of sex and development or that would have happened regardless of the growth that we saw? I think it, it played a little bit of a role. Um, I think more than anything, though, they like the way Beeline's teams played at Michigan and West Virginia going back before that. Um, and, and, and Richmond, yeah. I, I think that, you know, the fact that his teams typically would overachieve by playing basketball the right way, mm -hmm. and by that I mean they pass, they cut, they everybody can shoot. Yep. Um, Which is a trend that we saw carry over to last night, right? Very right, absolutely. The way they drafted – uh, on Thursday really was part of that whole beeline system uh, of guys who can do it all, uh, presumably in terms of offensive skills. So mm -hmm. um, I think that that's the way Kobe Altman envisioned them playing. And really John Beeline yeah. is kind of a throwback. He's, his, his style and his system is very similar to Steve Kerr's. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think that that played a role. Yes. Is that fact that they want to develop these young players into men who are playing the game the right way. The Cavs end the season 19 and 63, 13 and 28 at home, uh, end of the season on a 10 game losing streak, really gunning for Zion there, end up at the fifth pick. Uh, they did not move J.R. Smith. Sam, are you surprised at that? No, I, I, a little bit. I, you know, I had a GM tell me. Uh, opposing GM tell me before the draft he'd be stunned if they didn't move JR. So he's probably stunned right now. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think that you, you, they didn't want to take back – in order to trade him, you would have taken yes. back a draft pick and bad salary. Mm -hmm. Okay? Well, you only want to pay so much luxury tax on a guy like Ryan Anderson who's making, you know, way too much money to sit on your bench. Um just for a draft pick that's say twenty or thirteenth, fourteenth, somewhere in there, I, I think that they just eventually said, you know, we're just not going to do this. We're not going to pay luxury tax for a guy who's uh, not going to play for us for a draft pick. That really is a crapshoot. So it wasn't really a huge surprise. They really tried, but um, and they're still going to try heading into free agency as well. It, it, and there's no way he's going to stay on the roster and play this season. I mean, I don't understand the situation no, really. Not, no. Hey, Chase, J June 30th. They have till June 30th, right, Sam? If they cut yes. it by June 30th, they only owe him $3 million. And if you look at the Cavs, I think, what are the Cavs? $20 million over the cap right now? Yeah. They're still way over the cap. So I think they did like a kind of a cost-benefit analysis last night. They paid $5 million, I believe, for that 30th pick, right? I think they probably did the math and realized they are better off throw, throwing that money in, cutting JR by June 30th, you know, subtracting whatever five six million and saving the money there from the cap so i think that's probably what happened they probably weighed the cost versus benefit 
Falcons first, you know, what would happen if they traded it. And you're right, Sam. They didn't want to take on a $20 million contract that cost them 40 with a luxury. Yeah, you, it didn't make sense. You right. guys are the pros. I'm just the voice of the people. Thank you for knowing those answers. <laughs> Jeremy knew it better than I did. <laughs> Jeremy knows everything, Sam. What do you want to know that, man? Jeremy knows everything. <laughs> I have no doubt. When are we um, going to get to talk about my guy, Darius Garland, Chase? Didn't not I tell yet, you not yet. We're, we're almost done. We're, all, we're <laughs> almost there. I do want to bring one more thing. Uh, Beeline really quick made a splash. Um, signing Lindsey Gottlieb, assistant coach, formerly head coach of the women's basketball team at University of California, Berkeley. Very, very interesting hire. I'm excited about it. Sam, was that uh, a Beeline hire or was that kind of uh, from brass above him to, to make that happen? That was a joint decision, very clearly. I think that they ran it by him, and he was like, yeah, that'd be great. Um, again, love the way her teams play. Uh, fits into what John Beeline wants to do, which is coach these guys. You know, and, and she had a great line, I thought, when she – a couple years ago, uh, I looked some stuff up on her, and she her, her line was – you know, regardless of what you're doing and where you are, and this is really true in the NBA, when you're coaching, you're not really going to get your, and I'm paraphrasing her, sure. you're really not going to get your message across if you don't realize that this job is about people. And that has been her strength, mm -hmm. um, is relating to the players and getting them to buy into what she's selling. And listen, every NBA coach is an awesome coach. They all know X's and O's. They all know every defensive scheme. They know everything there is to know about coaching. It's about managing the personalities. It's about managing a 19-year-old kid who's making $7 million, who's got a thousand things going on outside the court. But that's a pay cut from, from what he was getting paid at college, though. So <laughs> yeah, Exactly, yeah, at the University of Kentucky, um, which now, <laughs> now we're going to have all kinds of Kentucky fans calling <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it really is. And, yeah. and, you know, I always thought Mike Brown, when I talked to him, mm -hmm. was such a great coach. He's so smart. He knows everything there is to know about the game. But he cannot, for whatever reason, at least during his stint as the coach of the Cavs and the Lakers, he could not get that message through to his players. Yeah. And that's, that's a huge part of the battle in the NBA. So those are the type of people that they've gone on after – J.B. Bickerstaff, another guy who was the coach of the Grizzlies. They've really, and, and Antonio Lang now, an assistant uh, former player. So they've really run the gamut of the type of coaches that, that you're going to bring in. But Lindsay, yeah, she fits, she fits right in, in that uh, equation. I love it. I, I'm here for it. Big Lindsay Gottlieb fan. Jeremy, thoughts on uh, Coach Gottlieb? You know, it's funny. I'm not a guy who wants to do stuff to make history. Like, I don't want to say, oh, let's hire her so we can be the first one to hire a college coach that's a female. And I hate all that. But guess what? That's not what this was. They really believe, like Sam said, she's a great communicator, that she can add something to the organization. And I don't care, man, woman, anything. If you can add something to the organization in a positive light, I think one of the Cavs, isn't one of the Cavs scout, scouting directors also female? You know, they don't care. They'll they'll hire whoever is going to help the organization. That's what I'm about. I don't care about the historic aspect of it. I care about, will she help the Cavs win? And all indications are, yes, she will help the Cavs win. It's going to be exciting. Let's move on to the draft. Last night, the Cavs made some moves, moved back, drafted a uh, very interesting draft, and maybe they learned Something from the uh, Kyrie Dion Waiters draft. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. Uh, with the fifth pick, 
The Cavs hold tight and draft Darius Garland, Vanderbilt, point guard, 6'2", 174. Has the moves, has the handles. Player comp is uh, Dame Lillard, um, kind of a super, you know, not as Steph, not as tall Steph Curry. Uh, Jeremy, you said this is your boy. T- tell us about Darius Garland. You know, and I actually, I like the Steph Curry uh, comp better than the Dame Lillard. I know everyone's saying Dame Lillard. I like the Steph Curry comp. If you watch this guy play, I know he only played five games last year. If you go back and watch his high school tape, he is so smooth with the ball. He has just like Steph. He has that quick, beautiful, perfect release. I hear at his uh, pro day that the Cavs went to, he was hitting shots from everywhere, 35, 40 feet with ease, with a flick of the wrist, just like Steph, where it looks like it's just so free and easy coming off his hand. He is the perfect fit for the modern NBA, in my opinion. I think, in my opinion, I think the second most upside in this draft is Darius Garland. He's got the bloodlines. He's got his father, who was a good NBA player for eight seasons. Um, I see it. I love it. It's who I wanted. I was so glad they stayed. I was so glad he was there. Um, I think it's going to be a great fit. And with Beeline system and with the modern NBA, I think he's just the perfect fit. Sam, were you a Darius Garland fan? Were you pick the fan of the pick? Jeez. I didn't. I didn't know much about him, uh, other than you know because you didn't really see him play, um, and then. You know, I just usually in the draft, I'm always the guy who is. I just I I just assume that the team has done their homework and is making the best <laughs> pick. But sure. you know, then I went back and watched him uh, last night. Probably when I finally finished at about three a.m. Right. I thought I want to watch this kid, and uh, I, I I couldn't agree with with uh, Jeremy Moore because he's very twitchy with his handle, like Steph. He was hitting 30 footers in the McDonald's All-American game. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he is very smooth. And like Steph, and I know we're getting carried away here because we're talking about one of the greatest guards of all time. But, <laughs> yeah. but I, I'm just saying you can see that in him. His style is very much that way. He can play off the ball. He is a good ball handler and, and uh, very much like Steph. He does have a father who played in the NBA that wasn't an NBA all-star like Steph, Um, you know, and and I was, I had heard he was a good perimeter shooter, but he's just got such, he's got a unique release. He almost releases it at his shoulder. Yeah, He's got such a quick release. Um, I was, I was very impressed and very taken back, uh, taken aback for all the reasons that Jeremy just mentioned. When I watched him, I was like, this guy's smooth. He can shoot from the perimeter, and he can play off the ball. He's almost more comfortable off the ball. And um, I, I, I really like the pick after seeing him. I really do. You know, him and Kevin Porter Jr. have kind of really weird forms. He, uh, yes. But um, one of the things I love about this pick is he's a gym rat. And if you can set yourself apart from all the other gym rats, air quotes, in the draft that people say, oh, that guy, man, he, he's, he's just in the gym all the time. He just loves to ball. Um, that's only good things about your game moving forward, especially setting an example with the team. Jeremy, what were you going to say? I was going to say, you know, I agree with Sam 100%. There was a couple uh, of those clips from high school I watched where he ran the baseline and got open, shaked out, sh- shook himself open the same way Steph does. If you watch Steph yes. Curry, a lot of times he'll bring the ball up, throw it to the opposite wing, run all the way around and shake himself open for a corner three. I saw those exact moves. Now, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves. He's not Steph Curry, but I saw those the same look. And I was like, man, this guy's not Dame Lillard. This guy is Steph Curry as far as an NBA comp goes. The – Cavs had three picks in the first round. The second, well, they traded uh, for the extra picks. Pick 26, 
the Cleveland Cavaliers, and this just screamed beeline through and through. Like, there's not there's not more a pick you can do. Uh, Dylan Windler, small forward out of Belmont, 6'6", 195, um, saying he is an, uh, a pure shooter, big shooter. Uh, Sam, tell us about Mr. Belmont here. I actually did see him play one game. I saw him play against Maryland, and he lit them up 26 points in the NCAA tournament. Um, believe it or not, he's probably the best all-around athlete that they drafted. And the other two guys are really good athletes, but he he is... I think Kevin uh, Porter Jr. might want to have a word with you and maybe on that. Kevin <laughs> Porter Jr. is pretty fantastic. I, I didn't think that through. I put it this way. He's a better <laughs> athlete than Darius Garland. Okay. Um, but he can get to the basket as well. You know, I mean, he, his strength is going to be his outside shooting, um, but he can get to the basket as well. And um, he reminds me of, you know, a Kyle Korver, yeah. uh, Kevin Herter, who was last year, yeah. a Maryland kid who was with the Hawks as a rookie last year. I think he'll be one of those guys who comes off the bench and uh, lights it up almost right away because he he's got good size he's got a six foot ten wingspan he can get to the basket and dunk um i i, I you know windler to me b- both windler and once we talk about kevin porter those guys are big question marks but that's what you're expecting to get at 26 and 30 but they both have nice upsides here's so i grew up in west virginia i uh when i was in college i didn't live in west virginia but followed west virginia sports if anyone in all of basketball knows white guys who can shoot threes is John Beeline. Um, that is very true. Kind of like, well, yeah. Mike Gansey, the Cavs assistant yeah. GM, yep. was I played mean, at West, West Virginia. Virginia team. You had Pitznagel, Kevin Pitznagel, yeah. A bunch of these just like random white dudes who played hard. And, <laughs> and that, that was his about Kevin Pitznagel, one of the great one of the great names oh, in man. basketball history. Yeah. Yes, that's yes. Beeline's mo. And so I'm okay with this pick because Beeline is. I would not be okay with it any other way. I just and I, I and Beeline I trust with this pick. And I only can say that because I've followed him for twelve years and is, you know, with West Virginia stuff. Jeremy, thoughts on Windler and then we'll move on to Yeah, Kansas. I do. You know what? I think he actually had thirty five in that Maryland game. He went thirty five and ten. He had seven threes, seven for fourteen from three. He shot forty three percent from three point range last year, he averaged twenty one. And the most impressive thing, he averaged almost eleven rebounds a game last year. So that shows maybe a little bit more athleticism than you might think for a guy, you know, that's maybe looked at as a spot-up shooter. But it, you know what? And he fits perfectly in B-Line's offense and, and in the modern NBA, as we talked about. Spread the floor. Everyone's got to be able to shoot. And I'll bet you the, the Cavs were ex- extremely excited about that rebound number because it shows some versatility. It shows a willingness to get down there and bang it up. I like the guy. I think it's a good pick. But like you said, like anyone else, it remains to be seen. Will it translate to the next level? But I think it was worth a shot at the 26th pick in the draft. And uh, the final pick, the Cavs move back into the first round, the last pick. One of my favorite picks of the first round, definitely I think my favorite Cavs pick, Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, at a USC had trouble was suspended for personal conduct. They're not really releasing why he was suspended. Shooting guard, 6'4", 212 pounds. Uh, I really like this pick. Sam, do you like this pick as much as I do? I'm right there with you. I loved it. Loved it. I was was keeping an eye on him specifically to see where he would go. And I just, you know, even I I just thought, well, where's Kevin Porter going to go? And I couldn't believe he slid down. And... um, when at the time when they took him, I was like, "Wow!" I, I I mean, he's got bust potential. But how do you say somebody at thirty has bust potential? You don't expect sure. them to be it great, is. you know. Exactly. But 
he has such a huge upside. And I heard Bobby Marks last night, and I actually put the comments on the website and tweeted them out. Bobby Marks from ESPN, the former Nets assistant GM, who is now an ESPN analyst, said, all this kid needs is some structure. Yeah. And this is, that's what he's getting. And he said, he, they just said, Bobby, who do you think was the biggest steal of the draft? And he said on ESPN radio, I think, I think Kevin Porter Jr. I think a lot of teams are going to regret passing him up. He just needs some structure. And, you know, people had him pegged as a lottery pick mm-hmm. as, even in January, you know, but um, just a huge, huge upside. I mean, so athletic, uh, able to finish around the basket, can shoot a little. It, it's funny, the Cavs, Windler and Porter Jr., both lefties. Um, so, yeah. you know, yeah. just, a, just a guy, uh, you know, really – I, I think could be a huge, huge surprise for them, especially under a guy like Beeline, yeah. who is a player's coach and does bring that kind of structure that the that uh, Bobby Marks spoke of. Jeremy, thoughts on Kevin Porter Jr.? You know, Kevin Porter, you know who he reminds me of a little bit? Michael Red. when you watch him, another lefty. He's got a little bit of Michael Red to his game. He's got a little bit of Harden. Now, one of the knocks on him is that he – he has a tendency to fall in love to that with that hardened step back three. Now he shot it at 41%. All three of these guys shot over 40% from three in college, which is great. Yeah. Um, but you know, the knock is he get, falls in love with that when he's got the athleticism to be able to get to the rim at will, you know, mm-hmm. everyone always says tougher to guard a lefty that can go to the rim. He's got that athleticism. Like you said, the two big knocks on him are falling in love with the step back jumper and he needs structure. He obviously caused some problems at USC. You know, we all heard the stories about his rough upbringing with his dad passing when he was young. He's been through it. You know what? And I think what I saw from hearing him talk last night was a guy who's hungry. So if he comes in and he listens to the coach and he gets into the structure, like you said, and he buys in, I think this could end up being the steal of the draft. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, before we go, I want to do a little over under here. Uh, Sam, over under Cavs 25 wins next year. Over under twenty five wins, barely over. <laughs> over under twenty five. I'm I'm going to say if they keep Kevin Love and a couple of these guys hit out of this draft, I think they can win thirty plus games. Um, I would Kevin Love fits nice. Kevin Love fits nicely into that system. It seems now it depends on what are we what is our goal this year. You know, is our goal to make a run at the playoffs, or is our goal to stack assets and talent for the future if our goal is to make the playoffs they hang on to kevin love one of you know darius garland's better than expected early sexton makes next step i don't think it's crazy to see them win in 30 to 35 games i don't think it's crazy at all now if they decide early on that they're going to tear it down even more grab a couple more assets a couple more young players and really look towards the future we might be looking at a 20 to 25 win but i'm going to go ahead and say over and i'm going to predict around 32 wins all right a couple more here over under one and a half all-stars me under, under. Um, yeah. I, I I don't think I think part of the all star game is that you know guys have to win. You you got to be a winner to get to get in, and I I don't yeah. think they're going to win as much as some of the others. And plus, a, a lot of it has you know to do with what the national media pushes, yeah. and, and and you know they're just they're not in Cleveland anymore. And no, they're, they're, uh, second year bump for Sexton who just comes in and. Continues his end of season pace. Nah, I don't. They're just not going to win enough. No, I'm going to say only one really with a shot if Kevin Love comes out healthy. So I'm yeah. going to say definitely under one and a half. All right, final one, one here. Will this team set the Cavs record for threes in a season? 
It's pretty high from a couple years ago. I, I, I'll say no. Okay. I, I, I mean, only because, like you said, a couple of years ago, they were, you know, the, I <laughs> yeah. think it was LeBron's, LeBron's last year. Just shoot like 30 a night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I, I don't think so. I, I think they will certainly, uh, they will certainly challenge it, though, if they play the yeah. style that, that they're expected to and Garland comes out and plays like, you know, they hope he does. They're going to be launching quite a few between uh, Garland and Love and, um, you know, some of these others. And, and, and you factor in Beeline's system uh, emphasizes threes. They'll be, they'll be taking quite a few, but probably not as much as two years ago. Yeah, I right. agree with that. I agree well, exactly. Uh, probably under, but it's going to be a ton. Well, that does it for Cavs on the Break NBA podcast. Thank you all so much for downloading and listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Cavs on the Break. We always follow back. Follow Sam on Twitter at Amico Hoops. Get all of his work and his writings at amicohoops.net. For breaking news, insider info all across the NBA, do not miss out. And also, hey, let us know your thoughts. We would love to hear from you. Smash that subscribe button. Leave us a review. It does help with those podcast search algorithms, so if you could do us a favor and do that. Uh, Sam, final thoughts? I, my only final thought is this whole time I'm sitting here thinking how cool it is to do a Cavs podcast with a football guy. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but no, you know what? I mean, uh, along with that, here comes free agency. Kobe Altman said he doesn't suspect there'll be big players in free agency, but it could uh, lead to a couple more trades. All right. What well, was my favorite part of the podcast? Mike Breen, take us out. Congratulations, Cleveland. Your decades-long wait is finally over. The Cavaliers are NBA champions.